0: Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung.
0: And this is Loso. Welcome to the week two of the playoffs after the unmitigated disaster that we can call week one. Uh, I, I had no choice. I'm just sitting here just chowing through bags of koala yummies just to just to take the pain away. How about you?
1: Are you like uh, you like Ben Stiller at the end of dodgeball where he's just <laughs> eating away his pain?
0: That That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, destroyed in one league and I need a nice day from the Patriots defense here, which can hopefully happen for me.
1: Yeah, um, unlike, or I should say, like many other unlucky owners, I had the misfortune of facing Le'Veon Bell. Oh. Um, I, hate, I hate fantasy football. That's, that's all I have to say. So there's clearly one player that deserves this week's Gillette Close Shave of the Week, and I, I will say I had a bad feeling about the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game. As soon as I saw those pregame snow conditions, uh, generally poor weather means more rushing, And for Pittsburgh, that means a lot of Le'Veon Bell, who, again, I had the displeasure of facing in some leagues this past week. And on a Sunday full of just disastrous duds put up by elite fantasy players, Le'Veon Bell single-handedly dominated for his fantasy owners. In a 27-20 win over the Buffalo Bills, Le'Veon Bell rushed for 236 yards and three touchdowns. And oh, for good measure, he caught four balls for 62 yards just rampaging through what can only be described as a river of my tears on his way to his 52-point fantasy day in PPR. So, get your close shave like Le'Veon Bell with Gillette, the best a man can get. Our best blades for a few dollars a month, fresh blades delivered to your door, no
0: commitments. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell, man, he's an absolute stud. We knew that, though. We all knew that. Uh, Something not quite so studly, to lead us right into the Thursday night football game. If, if, if I may.
1: Yeah, we got uh, a a terrible matchup with uh, a Jeff Fisherless LA Rams.
0: That's right. Atlanta hit the Rams so hard it knocked their coach right off the team. That's right, folks. Perennial underachiever Jeff Fisher is unemployed, though I think L.A. is on the hook to pay him for two years now since they extended him two weeks ago, which is hilarious. Maybe the Bears can scoop him up. They can uh, get a dual salary going his way. That's, that's pretty sweet, I think. That's pretty neat. Uh, Jared Goff is bad. Seattle will make this all the worse. Gurley's mad. He called them a high school, or no, he called them a middle school football squad. He just needs to get out of there, but he there's nowhere for him to go right now. Um, I just can't with this team. I, I just can't even.
1: Is there is there anything worse than going to CenturyLink on a short week after the Seahawks got blown out and will be out for blood?
0: Um, I I really don't think so. Uh, they're they're gonna be angry. They're gonna be coming at him hard and fast.
1: Wow, uh, by the way, there's a quick safety for your Patriots
0: defense. Oh, I saw it. I saw it.
1: Yeah, uh, certainly helps you out in your one matchup. But uh, going back to L.A. real quick, um, yeah, I, I really don't want to touch anyone. Gurley got a bit more involved in the passing game with Benny Cunningham hurt. Um, so I, I still like him as a high-end flex play, even at CenturyLink if Cunningham doesn't play. Uh, and then Kenny Britt uh, got 12 targets, and Tavon Austin got 11. But both guys are just wide receiver fours. Even, even though Aaron Rodgers kind of just ripped up that Seahawks secondary without Earl Thomas, I just don't think Jared Goff is going to find quite the same success here.
0: No. We we all saw what happened in Seattle, and I, I have to think that right after that game, uh, Russell Wilson cried for roughly one hour, 45 minutes. Then he prayed harder than he's ever prayed in his life. And believe you me, Mung. This is a man who can pray with the best of them, Tebow Level. Then he went to bed, and his gorgeous wife, Sierra, tried to lift his spirits, so to speak, to absolutely no avail. Then after hours of trying and no success, she turned on the local Seattle news during the weather forecast. Spoiler alert, gray and rainy in Seattle, just like always. The weatherman mentioned that Seattle has the Rams at home this week, and suddenly, little Russell's rain cloud blew away, and tears of happiness streamed down his little cheeks. Seriously, though, one touchdown and five interceptions at Green Bay. Literally the exact opposite of this might happen here. Five touchdowns and one interception versus a very bad Rams team with no head coach. Give me every piece of this offense that I can get. Rawls, Graham, Baldwin. Heck, take your pick of Curse or Lockett or something like that if you're really desperate.
1: Yeah, um, first off, that was a very touching Christmas tale that you just told there. Uh, Certainly should trademark that and make it into a children's book somehow
0: i felt inspired
1: yeah and and i think russell wilson will feel similarly inspired uh the one the one thing that can cheer you up after a bad loss is beating up on a worse team so uh yeah i know i know russell wilson probably killed you and if if you're still listening to this show after you started russell wilson last week consider yourself lucky um but if you are i i would go back to wilson um i know you're probably scared and sad but uh he should still be a QB1 in a very good matchup. Uh, this is a defense that Matt Ryan torched despite not having Julio Jones or Mohamed Sanu last week. Uh, Thomas Rawls should be a decent mid-range RB2. Actually ran well at Green Bay uh, if they hadn't been trailing the entire way. And as you mentioned, like Baldwin, like Jimmy Graham, uh, and Tyler Lockett, why not? Boomer bust wide receiver four.
0: Always a, threat for, to rest- uh, always a threat to return a punter kick.
1: Yeah. Give me Seattle.
0: Absolutely. Seattle all day, all the way. Um, A little less exciting game. Actually, it might be a little more entertaining. Uh, Miami at New York Jets on Saturday night, the first Saturday night game of the year, I believe. Uh, They might have scheduled this one so that nobody would watch it and see the disaster that's going to happen on this field. I don't know. Miami just won a very sloppy game at home versus Arizona. Uh, Tannehill's an interesting play for me here versus a Jets team who's completely quit on defense. Or... At least he would have been, if not for a season-ending, bad-looking MCL injury. Um, uh, Matt Moore now starting on Saturday Night Football. Uh, Ajayi had the looks, but was limited to 20 carries on 48 yards uh, versus a tough defense. He's a running back one, low end this week in New Jersey. Um, Landry won four catches on six targets for 106, but didn't have the target numbers we're used to for that type of day for him. Um, He should be decent going into this week as a wide receiver three- uh, I don't know. I don't know what Matt Moore can really bring to this team, but I don't really know that he's much that much of a step down from Ryan Tannehill to be completely honest. Um, still had a nice day, but those are so few and far between for him. I can't read into that or make anything of that whatsoever. Of course.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that similar optimism as you, I guess uh, <laughs> Matt Moore has looked terrible throughout his career. And even though it's the Jets defense, I, I don't love them. Um, Jay should be a low-end RB2 here. I think the offense is going to be less effective overall with Moore, but I do expect Adam Gase to lean heavily on the run here. Uh, all the wide receivers, Landry included, uh, I don't like any of them. Uh, if anyone, Jarvis Landry would be a low-end flex play for me. He's got high upside uh, against the shamble of, a, of Jets secondary, but really I just don't have any faith in Moore, and I, and I don't know who his preferred target or targets are going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really only like J.J. in this matchup.
0: Well, maybe you should have more faith.
1: Uh, that was that was terrible. Let's let's. Move yeah,
0: by. it was terrible. The, the real point here is that Ryan Tannehill to me is is terrible. So I, I just don't know how bad any backup in this league is is much worse. That said, uh, New York Jets side of the football. If you thought Bryce Petty was bad the past two weeks, just wait until you see him against a motivated playoff defense. Uh, I get that he has a man crush on his practice squad buddy, Robbie Anderson who put up six catches on 11 targets, 99 yards, but somebody seriously needs to sit this boy down and tell him that he has a borderline Hall of Fame wide receiver who is not yet past his prime, standing there right on his team every single snap. 11 targets from Robbie Anderson. How's that even a thing? Brandon Marshall with three catches, five, five targets for 33 yards. Bryce Petty is single-handedly going to keep Brandon Marshall out of the Hall of Fame. Out of pure spite, I won't touch this team. But Anderson, with this percentage looks, he he is legitimate risk-reward play if they can connect deep even once or twice. Um, Forte might sit this game, and why rush him back? Absolutely not. Uh, Keep ears open, and if he sits, I think Bilal Powell actually sort of slots into a low-end running back, too, sort of situation.
1: Yeah, I loved uh, Matt Forte at San Francisco on last week's podcast. So, of course, he left the game after three carries due to a hyperextended knee injury. Um, We'll have to wait and hear more details and kind of monitor his practice going uh, this week. But uh, he's questionable. He has played through similar injuries in the past and returned the next week. So we'll see. Um, Of course, if he doesn't go Bilal Powell, he becomes an instant RB2 on volume alone. I think he's in that mid to low RB2 range. Um, there's really not a whole lot of reliable running backs in fantasy this year, and of course, I don't expect another 150-yard two-touchdown day like he'd had against the Niners, but he should still produce plenty against Miami in what should be a pretty run-heavy game for both teams. Um, both of these head coaches, uh, they don't want to be relying on Matt Moore and Bryce Petty, so I, I think we're going to see a lot of the running backs here. Um and yeah, Robbie Anderson is a better play than Brandon Marshall, as far as Bryce Petty is concerned, which means he's the better play in fantasy. Um, Anderson will be a very low-end flex play, high-end wide receiver four, but he's still a better start than Marshall or Nunma, both of which are just low-end desperation wide receiver fours, which is sad to say.
0: Disgusting.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll take the Jets here.
0: I will take Miami with that with that motivated play. I mean, they're they're a wild card team right now. There's no reason they should try and take their foot off the pedal. I don't think that Matt Morse, uh, you know, stymies them enough, and I think they lean on Ajay and get the win.
1: Yeah, I, you know, common sense says Miami. They're the better team overall right now. But for some reason, I just have a gut feeling with the Jets, so that's why I'm going with them.
0: Sounds good. All right, Green Bay at Chicago. How's your how's your gut feeling on this one? Uh, this team, this Green Bay team is so weird right now. Inconsistent the entirety of the season. Rodgers is, of course, of quarterback one after torching the Seattle secondary for 245 and three touchdowns. But the running game is unclear as ever. Ty Montgomery, nine carries for 41 yards and a touchdown, uh, three catches for 45 yards tacked on. Christian Michael, 10 carries for 36 yards and looking nasty out a few runs in a good way. I think I'm still with Ty Montgomery just ahead of C-Mike, but both are low-end running back threes or fours, not really looking to start them on a playoff team right now. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, Nelson surprised me with a six-catch 41-yard, two-touchdown day, but Seattle did not shadow him with uh, with Richard Sherman. Maybe they ought to have. Devontae Adams won four catches for 104 yards and a touchdown. Like I said, that Seattle secondary is way different without Earl Thomas, who might be the best sec- uh, safety in the game. Um, Cobb hurt his ankle in the game, but regardless, even if he didn't, Chicago is decent enough versus the pass. I'd go elsewhere with my lower end considerations than the, than the clear wide receiver three on this team.
1: Yeah, for whatever reason, Green Bay seems to be Russell Wilson's kryptonite, but... Um, That said, I think this is kind of a trap game for Aaron Rodgers owners because that calf injury is going to limit him a little bit. And I think with him a little bit gimpy, first with the hamstring injury and then compensating for that and hurting his calf, his mobility really makes up for a lot of the offensive line issues that Green Bay has. And the Bears front seven, say what you will about that defense, but they can get to the quarterback. Um, I actually think he's just a mid-range to low-end QB one this week. And actually, for that same reason, I I do like Ty Montgomery. He's back in the flex territory for me. He was involved in both the running game and the passing game. I think that Green Bay is going to want Rodgers to get the ball out quick in this game with his mobility really limited. And then Jordy Nelson, of course, he's a mid-range wide receiver one. And then Devontae Adams, as we saw this past game, he should be that high upside wide receiver three play.
0: Sure. uh, I agree with you there. Uh, Chicago almost pulled out a win versus Detroit. Then thankfully, remembered that they have this thing called a draft coming up in April to look forward to that. They might want to, you know, do something reasonable in. don't expect them to put much of a fight up versus Green Bay's offense in my in my opinion or or defense. Uh, Now, Elshon Jeffrey does return this game. Matt Barkley has looked solid but I'd be really shaky about starting him in his first game back. All jokes aside, I doubt he was roiding up in preparation for this game. He's an interesting risk-reward Hail Mary play if desperate, and they will need to throw versus Green Bay, and Elshon is rested. Howard won 13 for 86 with two catches, 24 yards. He's a low-end running back one for me. It's sort of too hard to say how Elshon's return affects the targets of Meredith and company. I would look elsewhere if possible, but of all the pass catchers, I think I do prefer Alshon Jeffrey to all the other wide receivers on the uh, bear side of the football this game.
1: Yeah, for me, it's Jordan Howard. Uh, he's a low on RB2 as that workhorse back who continues to look great every week despite a terrible offense around him. Um, and then, yeah, I think Alshon Jeffrey, he's a desperation boomer bust wide receiver three. We could see a really big game here. Green Bay's defense... Really not that great. Uh, The Seattle game is is quite an outlier for how they've played this year. And really, think about it this way. Alshon Jeffrey wants to make that money. All right, He's got a couple games left to really showcase for teams in in the open market that he's worth that kind of big contract. And I think he blows up in this game. Uh, Of course, he's a risky play. Um, He may not be in great condition. Um, He may not be on the same page with Matt Barkley. But at the same time, we've seen that Matt Barkley can make some pretty good throws. I, I think Alshon Jeffrey is very high upside this week. Great GPP playing DFS and really in the playoffs. What do you have to lose? We've seen that any player um, can just put up like a terrible game as we saw this past Sunday. Why not shoot for upside?
0: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I like the upside of Green Bay beating the Bears in this game.
1: Yeah, I'll take Green Bay as well.
0: All right, Jacksonville at Houston in the AFC South. Bortles and company were held to 16 points at home versus Minnesota. They could fare a little better versus Houston, but likely not by much. Uh, Bortles is a non-starter in except the deepest of leagues. Uh, Yeldon, 17 carries for 59 yards, 7 catches for 31. He's a PPR flex with a very limited ceiling. Uh, Lee did have a solid 5-catch on 8-target, 113-yard showing, but this is hugely undependable for a repeat. There are better ideas out there uh alan robinson oh how the mighty have fallen and continue to fall better luck next year man uh, watch for him in my 2017 sleeper edition list next year yeah
1: yeah um i mean tj Yeldon, he's a flex play solely due to the possibility of another nine targets uh as dump offs in this in this terrible passing game um alan robinson is just awful right now i hope you benched him as we discussed last week uh you know, And I would bench him again this week against Houston. We saw that T.Y. Hilton had, had a pretty good game, but um, as bad as the Colts are right now, their offense is much better than the Jacksonville's. I just don't see much ceiling here with this offense playing the way they have been. Robinson and Marquise Lee are both just wide receiver fours, and honestly, I think Marquise Lee has a higher ceiling at this point in fantasy. Just, yeah, like, ugh.
0: Yeah, he's he's drawing the second corner in, in you know against teams that man up against the best receiver. So yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean teams would rather let Lee catch some big plays and then hold them to the field goal. Yeah,
0: exactly. Speaking of teams that are going to beat Jacksonville, if you didn't believe Brock Osweiler was bad, do do you see it now? Do you see it yet? He's unable to do anything against the subpar Indianapolis secondary. Hopkins is a name value only wide receiver three, and I'm done trying with Will Fuller. Sorry, sorry about that uh, until he is an NFL caliber quarterback. On top of that, Jacksonville has has a solid pass defense. Lamar Miller is a high end running back, too. He's still healing and still seeding some carries to Alfred Blue, uh, but I expect Blue to get a little less action this week. Miller to get a little more back.
1: Yeah, I like Lamar Miller. He's a low-end RB2 for me. And then for me, uh, both DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller are low-end flex plays or wide receiver threes. Um, Both have upside, but again, I expect this to be a relatively low-scoring game. Really, the only pass catcher that I I love here on Houston is CJ Fedorowicz. We saw that Kyle Rudolph found some success against this Jaguars defense uh, over the middle of the field, and really there's plenty of opportunity here for Fedorowicz to do the same.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Tight ends rule of the world. Houston wins.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's kind of sad that Houston is likely going to win the AFC South and then they're going to get
0: crushed in the playoffs. Anybody in the AFC South would get crushed in the playoffs, though. I mean, Indianapolis was was poised. They needed to make a move to win this game against Houston this week and they didn't get it done. You know, Now, now they will we'll settle into next season. There's always next year.
1: Yeah, I really like uh, Tennessee, though, going into next year. I think they're soon going to be atop the uh, the AFC South in another year or so.
0: Yeah, maybe get a pass rusher or a corner or something in the draft, and they can be nasty.
1: Yeah, definitely. We saw them win a clutch game against uh, Denver, but we'll get to that.
0: We will. We will. Uh, even more exciting, we'll get into this upcoming Cleveland at Buffalo game. Ooh, RG 3s return to play was, uh, well, interesting, to say the least. They... They opted for a flea flicker from the end zone. Uh, RG3 had a 0.0 QB rating in the first half. Last time I saw that, I think it was Rex Grossman. He finished with 104 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. Do you still want to start Pryor or Coleman? Not a chance for me. No. Uh, Crowell went 10 carries, 113 yards, had a rushing touchdown stolen from RG3. So he is a complete bane for the fantasy hopes and dreams of every player on this team. Thanks, Robert Griffin.
1: Yeah, um, really the NFL should be thanking all the fantasy owners because would anybody be watching half of these games this week if it weren't for fantasy implications? These are some terrible, terrible games that that we have. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was a video of Pac-Man Jones uh, after the game. Just, Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> clearly he thinks Terrell Pryor is trash. He checked the trash can <laughs> for him. Uh, Garbage. I thought you know, I don't like Pac-Man Jones, but I, I really can't take that moment away from him as he and Cincinnati shut him down. One catch for three yards for Terrell Pryor. Um, RG3 was awful in his first game back, and to be fair, the Cincinnati secondary has, has played pretty well. Pryor's just a boom or bust flex option with Griffin under center. Uh, Isaiah Crowell is no Le'Veon bell, but he should be a low-end RB2 I see still flashing some nice plays here and there. Um, you're really not starting anyone else on Cleveland.
0: No, sir. On the flip side, Tyrod fared quite well despite the snow that was in Pittsburgh this week. He should do similarly at home versus Cleveland. 228 yards, two touchdowns, one interception with minimal rushing, three yards only. Uh, I guess he didn't really have to, though. Uh, or, well, they, they were trying to throw. Um, High end quarterback two for me this week. Charles Clay turned in a nice day, five catches on six targets, 52 yards and a touchdown. And after Eifert shredded the Cleveland defense, I think Clay's again a sneaky tight end option for me this week. Uh, the snow limited the deep passing game, but Watkins did fight in the end zone anyways. If the the weather's mild, I would highly consider starting Watkins as a risk-reward wide receiver three. They have a good connection. He's a very talented wide receiver. Finally, McCoy was limited in the rush game to 12 carries, 27 yards, and a touchdown. He did add six catches for 81 yards. He's a running back one, even when he doesn't look great out there.
1: Yeah, I think you you pretty much covered it for what I had to say about Buffalo. Um, I think you made some very good points that I agree with. And the only note I would add is that Tyrod Taylor may not start this game, um, according to Rex Ryan. uh, But I I just don't see why they wouldn't. I still think it's going to be Tyrod Taylor starting this game.
0: What are we talking, EJ Manuel?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I guess Rex Ryan just wants to see what they got. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Definitely something to at least keep your eye on.
0: Really? I heard Rex Ryan might get fired within the next week. That was the other thing that I heard. <laughs> yeah. So hope, Who, who knows so if they're looking at bench Tyrod, hopefully Rex gets fired and, and, and that doesn't happen. Then maybe the Bears can sign him as a D coordinator since the Bears released their best coach, Fangio. So that's nice.
1: Remember like week two or three when we were talking about Rex Ryan getting fired after the Jets destroyed the Buffalo Bills?
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. How yeah, quick, you're absolutely right. That times did happen. has change huh? Yeah. Hey, that's a season, man. That's why they play the games. Um, Buffalo will beat Cleveland here, though.
1: Yeah, I'd like Cleveland to continue their imperfect season.
0: There we go. Uh, Philadelphia at Philadelphia at Baltimore, Battle of the Birds. Wentz was good enough in the loss to Washington, but I don't find he or any other plays appealing versus this tough Ravens defense. Number one defense at this point in the league. Uh, Sproles is in the concussion protocol on a mean hit. Um, while receiving a punt matthews dominated carries from there but we've seen how inconsistent this is plus the ravens are near the tops and run defense um, don't really want to touch him at this point uh, i guess Ertz has continued to put out uh, tight end one numbers and i would consider him a low end tight end one option this week this week he had 10 catches for 112 yards uh, Wednes continues to feed him so uh, be the benefactor
1: I don't know. What? Low-end tight end one. Ertz is a high-end tight end one now as the number one option for Wentz. Um, you, you can't really run against this Baltimore defense. I, I think it's another game full of short throws and short target starts. Um, and similarly for Jordan Matthews, who's a high-end wide receiver three, is the number two option in this offense. Uh, yeah, I like both a lot. And honestly, Trey Burton is a desperation tight end too because that's how bad the Eagles wide receivers are playing right now. Um, If Darren Sproles can go, he's a low-end RB2 for me or a high-end flex play. And if he can't, then I do like Ryan Matthews. He looked pretty good back from his knee injury. And basically, you're hoping for more involvement in the passing game because of how tough it is to play against this Baltimore's run D.
0: Sure, I I see your point, but Baltimore is the number one defense against tight ends.
1: I I understand that, but they, they split out Ertz, they move him around. He's basically a glorified wide receiver right now, and I still like him a lot.
0: Sure. All right. As for Baltimore, um, as we're seeing this, this should be a good game tonight. Uh, They're limiting Tom Brady going forward. They have not scored yet. Um, Had a couple flubs on special teams. Um, Interested to see the progression. Most, most importantly, Um, the carry duties between West and Dixon need to see how that shakes down. Um, And the Philadelphia does not scare me. I like Smith as a high end wide receiver three in Philadelphia. And uh, that about covers them for me for this week.
1: Yeah, re- real quick. Did we just see Laguerre Blunt playing in the shotgun formation and catching a pass?
0: That absolutely just happened. Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, it's the fantasy playoffs, and anything can happen. Apparently.
0: You got to get creative to beat uh, beat good defenses. That's for sure. Bill Belichick knows that better than anyone.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know Flacco. Uh, I like him as a high end QB two here. We've seen this Philadelphia defense really just give up on some plays. Um, And I like Terrence West a bit more here, all things equal. He's getting more carries near the goal line, and I think this is going to be a tight game. Um, He'll be a high-end flex play for me. And even though Mike Wallace hasn't done much lately, we saw Deshaun Jackson just toast the Philadelphia secondary for a long touchdown. Um, Wallace and Perriman are both uh, high upside wide receiver plays here. I like Wallace as a mid-range wide receiver three. Um, Same with C. Smith. He should be very involved. And then Perriman has that speed to break the long touchdown so he's a high upside um low floor wide receiver four for me.
0: All right, uh, you you've heard it here first folks or maybe second, I don't know. Baltimore here will win this game. Yeah, I like Baltimore as well. All right, Tennessee uh Tennessee City at Kansas or uh 10 wow. Tennessee Titans versus the Chiefs. The Tennessee offense worked almost exactly as expected versus uh Denver. Um Six six of 20, 88 yards, zero touchdowns with all production coming from the running backs. Um, That was Mariota's line, sorry. Six six completions on 20 attempts, 88 yards. That's Marcus Mariota. All production came from the running backs. Murray, 21 carries, 92 yards and a touchdown. Henry added 42 yards on 12 12 carries. Uh, Delaney Walker was just shy of adding a touchdown to his day. He had two catches for 30 yards with one carry for eight yards. Now, if that pass was two inches more forwards so that would have been three catches 40 yards and a touchdown those inches costed walker owners seven points in a ppr league would have been a much different narrative for you would have been much happier with that uh the wide receivers were sufficiently limited and i would expect an extremely similar game script this week i'd avoid all but uh but murray in kansas city as a mid-range running back one
1: yeah um again we mentioned on last week's podcast marcus mariota not a good start and he finished with what seven eight points um, and again, Kansas City uh, really locking it down in the secondary. Um, even though they're prone to lapses, uh, I, I still don't love Marcus Mariota here, especially with that pass rush um, becoming as lethal as they are with with everyone basically healthy. Uh, I do love DeMarco Murray. He'll be a low in RB1, especially with Kansas City missing Derek Johnson with a torn Achilles. Um, he was one of their best run stoppers, and I think they're really going to struggle in this area. And actually, I think Rashard Matthews is a a boomer bust, low-end flex play. Um, Again, as good as the the Chiefs' defense has been, the secondary is prone to lapses, uh, although that does require Tennessee's line to hold up long enough for Mario to find him downfield. Um, And yeah, I still like Delaney Walker. He's a low-end tight end one in a tough matchup. As you mentioned, uh, he was very, very close to a touchdown.
0: Now the Kansas city side, where was bottled up by Oakland for on 20 carries for 56 yards. Only I expect a similar day. Yeah, the Tennessee D line is quite good versus the run. The pass defensive of, of Tennessee is susceptible uh, as we saw versus Denver. Kelsey's a high end, uh, tight end one after another solid performance, five catches for 101 yards. Uh, Tyreek Hill found the end zone again on a six, six catches on six for 66 yards. The stat line of the beast. I'm still disinterested in Macklin though. What about you, Monk?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just not enough to go around for this uh, limited Kansas City passing offense. Uh, Tyree Kill's that Boomer or bust wide receiver three or flex play. Um, Macklin and Conley both just uh, wide receiver fours. They have limited ceilings with Tyree Kill becoming that main weapon now. Um, and then, of course, uh, Travis Kelsey, you're starting him. There's really no question there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Spencer Ware, uh, even though he's facing a pretty good Tennessee Defense here. I do think that he has a chance to punch in a touchdown. Uh, he's still in that
0: low end RB2 range for me. Always saying there's a chance. Uh, Kansas City takes this uh, game at home.
1: Yeah, I like the Chiefs as well.
0: All right. Detroit at New York Giants. Stafford dislocated a finger on a Bears D lineman, but will play through it. He played the rest of that Chicago game in a glove and brought them back for a fourth quarter victory. But against this New York Giants defense, he's a quarterback two for me. Um, with this Giants defense being so good, plus his injury, low end quarterback, too, unfortunately. Uh, Theoretic was a late scratch, but he will likely play this game, Um, but it does muddy the running back waters for this team. Dwayne Washington, 16 carries for 64 yards, one catch for two yards or uh, one catch on two targets for 10 yards with a missed end zone target. That could have helped his day out quite a bit. Zach Zenner carries for 36 yards, but he is in the concussion protocol. You really need to monitor this Detroit uh, running back situation going into the game at New York. Golden Tate, six carries on 11 targets for 58 yards. Jones, four catches on five for 67. Bolden, three of six for 49 and a touchdown. I don't love any of this versus the very underappreciated, though maybe not anymore since we saw him in primetime. New York Giants defense at home with an injured Matt Stafford. Just don't love it.
1: Yeah, the Giants defense has quietly been playing very good football for the last uh, probably five or six games. Um, I actually put some money down on the Giants to win the Super Bowl a few weeks back because of how great their defense was playing. And I thought that money was gone after Jason Pierre-Paul had surgery, but man, we saw them stop the Cowboys cold despite not having JPP. If Eli can even limit his terrible turnovers and, and get a little hot to go into the postseason, anything's possible with that defense.
0: Well, good luck to you. Uh, first step is get into the playoffs. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, but really, I, I I would second your thoughts on you know the Lions. I really don't like anyone. This is, again, a defense that just stopped the Cowboys. Um, one of the best offenses in the league. The only guy that I really like is Theo Riddick. If he plays, uh, and he'll be just a low and RB2 against this defense, I just see a lot of short dump-offs in PPR. That's the main reason that I still think he has a decent ceiling. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, if he can't go, then Dwayne Washington becomes interesting just because he would get a ton of touches.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, the giants on on the other hand, uh, despite a big time win in Dallas, uh, uh, versus Dallas in prime time, Eli was still merely just Eli. So again, he's a low end quarterback too, for me. Uh, he, he, he should give Odell Beckham jr. I think half of his salary, at least for that game. Uh, what do you do with this running back core? Jennings, 15 carries, 45 yards, Perkins, 15 carries, 45 yards. What to do? Uh, I know. Ignore them both completely. Odell Beckham Jr. Four catches on nine attempts, 94 yards, and a touchdown. He's a star. He's a wide receiver one. He's a superstar. He's the man. Uh, Sterling Shepard only three or four for 39. But I have a feeling that this t- uh, touchdown week for him. He's a wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, um, I don't disagree with anything you just said there. Uh, the one other thing I would say, uh, or just to mention, I guess, uh Shane Vereen came back this past week uh, and uh, again very quickly suffered a concussion and was ruled out. Um the story of Shane Shane Vereen's career. Uh just all these injuries, just can't stay on the field. Um and even with him out, uh yeah, yeah, you you can't really love any of these guys. Um really I, I think it's gonna be Jennings touching the ball a little bit more. He's a he's a low-end flex play just because I think he would get the touchdown um if there is a rushing touchdown here for the Giants. Um Yeah, that's really about it.
0: All right, Giants win.
1: Yeah, give me the Giants, uh, especially with how bad Stafford looked despite that game-winning drive. uh, He just looked really
0: off on some of those throws. He's got torn ligaments in his finger on his throwing hand. I think it's the ring finger, maybe the middle finger. It's an important one for for gripping the ball, getting a little, you know, on it. It's it's tough. I mean, all your fingers are important, right, especially in your throwing hand.
1: Yeah, kind of a Derek Carr and uh, Luke Skywalker situation
0: would we'll just cut it off and go bionic
1: <laughs> maybe we'll see technology has come a long <laughs> way
0: there we go uh indianapolis uh drives into minnesota or i, I assume i don't know I, I would probably still fly it's it's although the snow might stop them i don't know why i'm talking about this this is a fantasy football podcast uh, <laughs> get Andrew your travel Lucas tips from the Los to, as well
1: sorry i said get your travel tips from the low as well <laughs>
0: That's right. Andrew Luck was unable to connect well with his receivers. Expect more hardship for him in Minnesota. They inexplicably got away from the run game. Gore only ten carries for forty one yards. Two of two for thirty three yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, Turbin three carries for ten yards. Now T. Y. Hilton had nine catches on thirteen. Looks for 115 yards and a touchdown. And the biggest surprise of the game was a catchless night for Dante Moncrief. Though he did have an end zone target that careened off his hands, he should have had a touchdown there. And then he did leave the game with a hamstring pull. Hilton's established himself this year, uh, especially in a year where wide receiver superstars have faltered. He's established himself as a wide receiver one. But he's going to have a tough time in Minnesota. He's not a uh, tight end one. He's not a wide receiver one here. Moncrief, as he does play, is only a wide receiver three. And then, of course, Dwayne Allen gave everyone a solid reminder of what exactly a boom bust touchdown dependent tight end is, having followed up his, uh, his four touchdown or three touchdown week with a zero point day. So you can thank him for that.
1: Yeah, um, Andrew Luck and the Colts offense struggled at home against Houston. I don't like them at all at, on the road at Minnesota. Here, um, I'm benching Andrew Luck. He's a he's just a QB two for me this week. Um, that's how bad the offensive line is. I don't expect him to have much success against this Minnesota defense. And really, uh, I don't I don't love anyone on this offense this week at Minnesota. Frank Gore for me, just a high end flex play. Um, T.Y. Hilton, uh, uh, if Moncrief is out with that hamstring injury, he should get a ton of targets. Um certainly helps his floor in PPR, but I'm not expecting a big ceiling. Hilton's just a low end wide receiver too for me. Um and that's it. I'm not certain anybody else on this indie defense or sorry, offense.
0: There you go. And Minnesota picked up a win versus Jacksonville despite an awful run game. As he had eleven carries, thirty seven yards and a touchdown mckinney 14 carries for 31 yards it's the same story every week as gets the touchdown usually Thielen turned in some nice grabs four catches on five targets for 101 yards as the defense keyed on stefan Diggs, who was held to three catches on five targets for 45 yards only Diggs is a low end wide receiver too for this uh for this week for me and he will return to relevance uh, kyle rudolph four catches 60 yards and a touchdown i like him again as a low end tight end one here
1: yeah, um, I agree on. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. What you said about Diggs and Rudolph. Uh, the one other thing is the Indi- the Indianapolis run defense is really bad. Uh, gave up a really big day to Lamar Miller. Even though it's still going to be a committee here with Asiata McKinnon, I do like McKinnon to break a couple big runs here. Um, he's actually a high end flex play for me. Uh, usually I have Asiata ranked above McKinnon, but I'll actually flip flop them this time.
0: Okay. Okay. Very interesting. Interesting take on that. Uh, Minnesota will defeat Indianapolis at home
1: yeah I think this is going to be another one of those ugly games I think Bradford's still going to struggle against this Colts defense uh, just because of how bad that line is but I, I do like Minnesota to take this game
0: it's tough for Minnesota every week. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati for your AFC North. So, uh, somewhat surprisingly, Ben was very hampered in the snow game in Buffalo. Um, he threw three picks, zero touchdowns. The ball was not coming out of his hand as crisp, in my opinion, and that allowed the defenders to make breaks and make plays and uh, you know get some yardage, interceptions out of it. Bell saved the day with a ridiculous, absolutely ludicrous, like you already talked about, 38 uh, carries for two hundred and thirty six yards three touchdowns and added four catches on 62 yards as fantasy's top scorer for this week thus far i mean i guess the pats could do something surprising but it's not looking like it um antonio brown still had a solid five catch 78 yard day uh, on 11 targets despite the weather he should be fine in uh, cincinnati fire him up no problem i do like green in this game despite the low output day in buffalo the weather was a major factor and nothing was stopping Le'Veon bell there was no reason to get away from him um he still had six targets green did he is a high-end tight end too for me this game
1: yeah um i wasn't that surprised about big ben's terrible day um one was the weather but two he just has some awful games on the road Uh, that's why i only had him as a very low end qb1 last week um, and I honestly don't love him at Cincinnati this week. He's still going to be in that low-end QB1 range for me again. Um, the first time they played Cincinnati, uh, part of it was the weather. It was raining heavily, but really the Cincinnati secondary has played very well. Um, they've limited all the big plays for the most part. Uh, obviously, they've given up a couple to Odell Beckham and some other very talented wide receivers. But at the same time, they're playing pretty good football despite uh, you know, not being great overall. And, uh, of course, that doesn't mean you're benching Antonio Brown, but, um, yeah, I don't love Big Ben here. Uh, You're starting Bell, you're starting Brown, and, yeah, I do agree that Ladarius Green is still in that high-end tight end 2 range, um, still got targeted in the red zone, and one of those picks that uh, Roethlisberger threw was to him uh, near the goal line, so he's certainly getting those high-leverage targets, could definitely find his way to a score here.
0: Sure. On the, on the more animalistic side of the ball Rar Dalton had a solid 16 point day. I'm sorry. Against a bad Cleveland defense could have been a bigger day if he needed it to be. Uh, He may have another 15 plus point day um, versus the much better Pittsburgh offense needing to throw the ball more. The receiving options all played solidly though, not excitingly enough to me to start any of them at wide receiver. Um, Now Tyler Eifert, he's a tight end one. He's an end zone monster. He has two homes, the end zone. And the trainer's room. Unfortunately, five catches, forty-eight yards, and two touchdowns. Jeremy Hill, twenty-five carries, one hundred and eleven yards, and a touchdown. Added three car- catches and thirty-one yards. He's a high-end running back two for me this week at home. I like Jeremy Hill here.
1: Um, I like. Uh, you know, I agree on Tyler Eifert. And I think uh, he'll have another nice day. But I actually disagree on Jeremy Hill. He's just a low-end RB two, high-end flex for me. We saw that Pittsburgh really clamped down on the run. Uh, Really limited LaShawn McCoy. What saved his fantasy day was all those targets um, and receptions. And and Jeremy Hill is not quite as as good uh, in the receiving game, even though he has been more involved with Giovanni Bernard out. Uh, But again, still just a low on RB2 for me. And then Andy Dalton, I agree. Uh, I think we'll see another um, forced game in terms of throwing for him, uh, as I mentioned, with Hill struggling. And I think he's a high on QB2.
0: All right. I think Pittsburgh comes into Cincinnati and takes a win.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be closer than some people think, but I I will take Pittsburgh
0: here. The uh, divisional games are always, well, not always, but oftentimes a little closer than people are thinking. All right. New Orleans Saints at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, if you care, which I'm sure you will all do. Drew Brees is officially on my naughty list. Zero touchdowns, three interceptions. That's zero touchdowns, six interceptions, The past two games, likely killing my playoff run this year. I'm not happy. Neither should you be. He has another road game. And as a great man once said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me two times, shame on me. Fool me thrice. Well, uh, you're not going to fool me thrice. He's a quarterback too until he proves it to me. The run game was bad. Ingram, seven carries for 14. One catch for nine. Hightower, six carries for 31. One catch for eight. I don't like them at all versus a good Arizona run defense. The wide receivers were little better. Cooks, five catches for 100, uh, five catches on 10 for 61 yards. Sneed, six of eight for 85. Thomas sat. He was a late scratch going in this game. And his replacement, Brandon Coleman, five of eight for 47. Thomas will likely be back this week. But I really want to keep a close eye on his health status. I really don't love it. It's very you know rare to say something like this. But I don't love any of New Orleans's players this week.
1: Yeah, Drew Brees has really been struggling, Um, and now he goes on the road to Arizona. Uh, They might get Tyron Matthew back. Yeah, I agree. He's a high-end QB, too. Um, It's sad to say, but it's been a weird fantasy year, and sometimes you've got to roll with the punches. Um, Drew Brees is no longer in that must-start QB1 range, and the run game, uh, Ingram's struggling because of these terrible game scripts that New Orleans is getting, not keeping close, Um, You know, really playing from behind, and that limits Ingram's production because we see a lot more Tim Hightower and sometimes even Travaris Cadet. Uh, Ingram is just a high-end flex play, as is Tim Hightower. And then the wide receivers, I think Brandon Cooks is going to see a good amount of Patrick Peterson in this one. Uh, Don't love him. He's just a high-end flex play for me. And then uh, Michael Thomas, we'll see about his health. But uh, again, um, I think this Arizona defense is really going to you know, try to limit him as well. Which actually means that Willie Sneed should be the beneficiary here. Um, all three of these wide receivers are flex plays for me this week at the, at Arizona, and I actually like Willie Sneed the best of the three.
0: I could definitely see that. Uh, speaking of speaking of you know uh, non compelling. Uh, cases for for glory Arizona put up an embarrassing showing frankly in the rain in Miami highlighted or low lighted I guess by two interceptions and one fumble loss for Palmer and one fumble loss for uh, David Johnson um Palmer does have quarterback two upside here, I guess, versus new Orleans defense with bro injured, but I'd proceed with significant caution and, and hope to look elsewhere. David Johnson, 20 carries for 80 yards, five catches for 41 yards, which to his owners probably looks like a letdown compared to how dominant he's been. He's of course a top five running back. Fitz had a very poor day, three catches on nine targets for 12 yards with no other wide receivers showing significant looks or, or production. Except JJ Nelson, who did have a big scoring day. Uh, While sitting on your bench, more like than not, right, right where he probably belongs for now. One carry for 56 yards and a touchdown. Very fluky, but very athletic run. And then through the air, one catch on two looks. Two looks. Don't forget that part. Eight yards and a touchdown. Are these nice numbers? Yeah. Who wouldn't take 20 points? But the three total targets really do not make me feel good about starting him this week whatsoever. Finally... Uh, Jermaine Gresham is a tight end, too, with a solid floor. Sometimes your lineup dictates your needs, and and if you're poor at tight end, I think he has six-point floor play in a PPR, maybe three-point, 4 four-point floor in a standard. Who I, I'd avoid him in a standard, but the targets don't lie. If you just need somebody that's going to give you a solid level of production, you're not looking for that risk-reward, I think Gresham is a way to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, really look at it. Uh, why would you like Carson Palmer? The New Orleans defense has been playing better. Uh, Jameis Winston didn't have a touchdown last week. Um, I think this is going to be a defensive battle in Arizona. I Yeah, I just uh, I have no sympathy for owners of David Johnson who are complaining because in a week where a ton of fantasy players uh, really let you down, he still got you 17 points in PPR. Uh, you're not complaining about that. Um, he's still a, a solid RB one. And even though Larry Fitzgerald had a rough day in that rain against Miami, he's still a solid low and wide receiver one high and wide receiver two. Oh man. We are seeing James white just rip through the Baltimore defense here. Um, that was a great play. Wow. Um, all right, back to the Cardinals here. Uh, wide receivers. Uh, Can you really trust anybody outside of Larry Fitzgerald? Um, JJ Nelson, he's kind of like a Taylor Gabriel type where he's got that speed to just make things happen, uh, bust a long touchdown out out of nowhere. But at the same time, he's still a desperation wide receiver For you You're hoping for that one big play. Um, I mean, if you want upside, he's got it. Uh, I would take him over over a guy like Tyler Boyd. But uh, at the same time, yeah, uh, it's a risky play. And then I, I mentioned Jermaine Gresham last week. He's uh, in that high-end tight end two range for me. I think that really they're going to attack New Orleans over the middle of the field, and that means a lot of Jermaine Gresham.
0: Yes, sir. I mean, the, the wide receivers has become so so impotent, so you know, in, incompetent in this team. Arians has had to throw to a tight end. I never thought I'd see it. Uh, that said, give me Arizona in this game in, in the battle for less incompetent.
1: Yeah, I think Drew Brees is, is really going to be fired up over this one. They do get, hopefully, Michael Thomas back, I think. Ooh. You know what? I'll take New Orleans.
0: Okay, good. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. San Francisco at Atlanta. Speaking of incompetence, Colin Kaepernick had a slightly better day versus the New York Jets than he did the week prior. Uh, 133 yards and one touchdown, three carries for 23 yards rushing, though, of course, nothing near what he was doing uh, before last week in Chicago. He didn't need to do much for a good portion of this game where Hyde ran for 17 carries, 193 yards, one catch for seven yards and a touchdown, but despite all that, they still lost, as Chip Kelly, like the Bears did, uh, remembered that they were playing for draft picks and decided, to you know do the right thing. Vance McDonald was injured uh, which is a blow to this team and again I'm not touch- uh, he's out for the season and again I'm not touching these wide receivers whatsoever in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, to give you an idea of how terrible fantasy quarterbacks played this week. Carson Wentz was the number 12 quarterback not counting tonight with 13 points. Um oh my gosh. That's how bad oh my it gosh. was. Uh, Blake Bortles was the number 10 scoring quarterback uh, with 15.58 points. Oh, my gosh. So, no, he wasn't. Yeah. um, That's how terrible oh. your fantasy quarterbacks performed with Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, all struggling. Um, wow. and Colin Kaepernick at Atlanta. I mean, he still got that high upside. Uh, there's probably going to be a lot of garbage time against the Falcons, but... I mean, I, it really depends on your options. He's that high upside, low floor uh, QB2. Um, just maybe QB mid-range QB2 for me. Um, yeah, I mean, you're starting Carlos Hyde. Uh, Atlanta's run defense can certainly be beaten, and Carlos Hyde is still playing hard despite the Niners having nothing to play for. Uh, he'll he'll be a low-end RB2. And yeah, with Vance McDonald and I.R., Nobody, just none of the receivers. Please don't.
0: If you thought it was ugly, it's about to get uglier. Uh, Matt Ryan pummeled Jeff Fisher into temporary retirement and threw uh, 240 yards, three touchdowns, despite missing his top two passing threats. Sanu and Jones, neither suiting up for this game. He's a solid quarterback, one this week at home versus the Bay Area Butterflies. Uh, Devontae Freeman rushed for only six uh, six yards on six carries, had two catches for twelve. He was pulled in the second half, along with some of the other starters. If you own Freeman and somehow survive this, you, I, I would be absolutely terrified. At this cakewalk matchup versus San Francisco, what do, you, what do you do? Pray for San Francisco to stay in this game because they've already shown they might pull their starters if, if they don't need to play them. Uh, Tevin Coleman had eight carries, 36 yards and a touchdown. Two, two catches for 19 yards and a touchdown. I think he's a safe flex regardless. Um, But Ward did come in 10 carries, 24 yards, and I, I just don't like it at all as a fantasy player. This is the risk with good playoff teams. Uh, Gabriel filled in quite nicely, three catches on six targets for 82 yards and a touchdown and Julio in Julio and Sanu's absence. I like him again this week as a risk reward wide receiver three. If Julio plays, Julio is, of course, a wide receiver one. But I, I have a sneaky feeling that they might let his toe rest again heading into the playoffs versus an awful team. I mean, they're going to beat San Fran, whether Julio plays or not. Um, why, why risk it? Why not let him recover a little better, get him ready for, you know, legitimate playoff games.
1: Yeah. I think if, if Julio does sit again, I agree. i still like Tyler Gabriel as a high risk reward wide receiver three. Um, I'm not super nervous about Devante Freeman in this one. Um, the, the problem was that, uh, the Rams run defense is still decent. Uh, it's their pass defense that can easily be beat. Um and their you know turnover prone offense which really helped the defense win this game as well. Uh I, I think Devontae Freeman will be fine. He should be a low on RB1, high on RB2, even with this matchup. Um I do think they're gonna run the ball with success here, and Freeman should be the guy. And yeah, um I don't know about Julio Jones. It, it's tough. Uh we really don't know. Uh we saw that they rested him last week and did great, so that's certainly, you know, encouraging for Dan Quinn to make that same decision again this week in another easy matchup for them. Um, we'll see what happens with Mohamed Sanu. Um, this is this is a team where there's a lot of players to monitor their practice status. Yeah, uh, not a whole lot else to say.
0: No, uh, Atlanta wins an easy one here. Uh, I assume you're going the same way. Yes, sir. All right, New England at Denver. Uh, In all likelihood, Belichick will attack Denver where they're weak, which should mean a big day for Blunt as an RB1. And either White or Lewis, uh, the game tonight versus Baltimore might tell us a lot about that, who's dominating carries and catches between the two of them. Heck, maybe all three of them could have big days here in Denver. Um, If Bennett can get healthy, I I would like him as a low-end risk-reward tight end one. All that said, the Denver strength is the pass defense. Uh, Call me a nut job, but I think TB12 is a QB2 uh, this week. I'd fade Edelman and the rookie wide receivers here.
1: Ooh, that's rough. Um, Yeah, I know Brady has struggled fantasy-wise with, uh, you know, Gronk out, Bennett hobbled, but just with all the terrible options out there, I feel like he still has a, a pretty high floor, and for that reason alone, he he's still a low-end QB1 for me. Certainly don't think there's a, a ton of upside here, but at the same time, uh, I just I can't bench Tom Brady. Um, if you have Tom Brady, unless you have a, a really good option to replace him with, uh, I would still start him. Um, and yeah, I agree on LeGarrette Blount. I, you know, we've seen that Bill Belichick attacks where you know the opposing defense is not good, and that's the run defense. I, I do think it's going to be a big game for Blunt here. Um, and yeah, I still think Edelman will get his. Uh, I think he gets targeted enough where he's still a low end wide receiver too in PPR. Um, don't love Malcolm Mitchell playing on the outside as much.
0: All right, uh, Trevor Simeon return versus Tennessee, 330 yards and a touchdown and zero interceptions, which in a performance which I think is much more indicative of Tennessee's struggles versus the pass than Simeon's prowess. Uh, you know, as a passer, expect limited success versus New England and try not to be overexcited by the uh, wide receiver lines that were shown. Demaryius Thomas ten catches on sixteen targets, 126 yards. Manuel Sanders uh, <clears throat> eleven catches on fourteen. 110 yards and a touchdown new england's going to do a fine job of confusing and getting after samian uh, though they do have their defensive holes uh demarius thomas is a low end wide receiver two for me uh sanders is a mid-range wide receiver three the run game looked like literal pig vomit uh booker is not good uh <clears throat> grab capri Bibbs in dynasty sorry let me say this again grab capri Bibbs in a dynasty league if he is not owned they don't trust booker and for good reason he was three cut three carries for one yard. Three carries only. Justin Forsett was just signed after being cut by two other running back needy teams. He's not good either. He fumbled on his first carry of the game and was still more trusted than Devontae Booker. Granted, it was only for six carries, which he did absolutely nothing with. But Devontae Booker is not in this team's good graces whatsoever. Justin Forsett is not good. He is not the future of this team. Somebody needs to play running back. And Cabri Bibbs, I guarantee is sitting in your dynasty league unowned. Because they've been through so many running backs this year.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I was dead wrong on Devontae Booker last week. I, I thought that he was still going to be, um, you know, the main guy, even with Justin Forsett recently signed. Uh, I didn't expect them to go away from him quite this much, uh, but certainly, yeah, you can't start either of them this week. Um, and in terms of Kabir Bibbs and Dynasty, uh, he, he's shown some flashes. Um, I think he'll be around on that squad but you have to remember cj anderson's coming back too and if it you know he has had problems staying healthy as well but he i think he's still the clear starter when he's back um we'll talk more on on a separate dynasty show after the season is over but i don't love bibs quite as much as you do it depend on the roster size in your dynasty league um and then yeah i do agree with you on the wide receivers though i think both wide receivers will be fine um new england will uh play better defense than they have been. Uh they they are missing one of their starting cornerbacks tonight and he should be back next week, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think uh they're both high in flex plays, low end wide receiver twos in that range and, and you're not starting Simeon despite a good day against Tennessee.
0: No, not not whatsoever. Uh New England handles this team handily.
1: Uh I don't know about handily, but but I will take Bill Belichick here and Tom Brady over
0: Trevor Simeon and uh, Gary Kubiak. All right. Uh, Oakland at San Diego, a little AFC West uh, showdown. I guess I was half wrong about the the Oakland-KC game. Carr was very limited in Kansas City. 117 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Cooper and Crabtree combined for 50 yards. This will not be the case in San Diego. Don't worry. They both are wide receiver twos with upside and a quarterback one for me. Uh, Murray, though, was great. 22 carries on the ground, 103 yards and a touchdown, a running back one again for me. I, I love Oakland. Maybe I love them to a fault.
1: Yeah, Latavius Murray definitely playing very good football right now behind that offensive line. Um, yeah, he's right in that low n r b RB1, uh, high on RB2 range. And then uh, I'm not really sure what exactly happened with Derek Carr. Um, There's a weird play where Amari Cooper is wide open down the field, had like four or five yards on the closest defender, and then the ball kind of just like changed direction in midair. There was some speculation online that the ball may have hit the wire that the overhead camera kind of swings around on, um, in which case would be very unlucky because that rarely happens. But um, anyway, just a weird play. And then also, even though Kansas City got a lot of pressure on Derek Carr, it also looked like he was still struggling with that finger injury. Um, I'm a little nervous about him. Even against a uh, San Diego defense that gave up a pretty decent day to Cam Newton, Newton had his share of struggles in this game. Um, if Joey is back from his neck or concussion injury, then that's even worse for Derek Carr. He might actually be a high-end QB two for me. Uh, just kind of risky. Kind of depends on your other options. Uh, he's certainly been very good thus far outside of a couple bad games here and there, but That finger injury does scare me. Uh, You know, any little bit of accuracy issues, especially with Casey Hayward and the rest of the Chargers' defense, really playing pretty well the last few weeks, um, makes me a little nervous, especially on the road. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think he'll be fine. Give him a little motrin. He doesn't have torn ligaments. He'll be okay.
1: Okay, sure. Um, I mean, certainly high upside in this matchup, and, and as you mentioned, I do like Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, both still in that uh, mid-end wide receiver two territory.
0: Yes, sir. Philip Rivers, another quarterback who had a rough day, three interceptions but two touchdowns, which helped mitigate complete disaster for him. Uh, he's got a juicy matchup here versus Oakland as a quarterback one. Um, he's, uh, you know, Oakland puts up points in, in bunches, and Oakland does not have a good defense, really, for the most part. Uh, Melvin Gordon went down with a hip injury, and I hope all you Gordon owners listened to me and already had – kind of fair on your roster. He managed every other running back carry this game. And if Gordon doesn't play to me, he's an upside running back too, in a great matchup here. This is why I say these things. I think rivers can bounce back in a big way in Oakland. And I think this will be a high scoring contest. Uh, uh, Gates, Henry, are uh, uh, goes for me and Inman Williams and Benjamin are all upside wide receiver three, fours, depending on their health heading into this game. I'd probably rank them uh, for me. Uh, Inman Benjamin Williams going into this game.
1: Um, Well, we'll start with the wide receivers here. I would actually rank them in PPR. I would still take um, Dontrell Inman and then Tyrell Williams. Um, Benjamin still has to prove to me that he's healthy enough to produce here. Um, And then the other thing is, yeah, you certainly were right about Kenneth Farrell. Uh, Props to you on that one. Um, I was a little surprised that Ronnie Hillman wasn't more involved. Uh, They do like having a a specialist pass catching back, uh, a la Danny Woodhead, but... Um, yeah, I mean, Kenneth Farrow is definitely a, a pickup this week. Uh, he needs to be owned. Um, it sounds like they're, they're more optimistic on Melvin Gordon, uh, with that hip and knee injury, but if he can't go, then yeah, Kenneth Farrow would be in that RB2 territory. Um, and then Rivers is still just a low on QB one. He's been so inconsistent as of late that I just, I don't know that you can really trust him.
0: No. Oh re- yeah. Uh, Oakland will win this game. I'm so emphatic about these things.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm just I'm very nervous about Carr's finger, but I do think Oakland will pull this off.
0: If his finger's not doing so hot, Latavius Murray will win this game for him. Don't you worry.
1: Yeah, that, that's a fair point.
0: There we go. All right, Tampa Bay rolls into Dallas for Sunday night football in another primetime game for Dallas. <laughs> well, uh, so much for that big cash-in on Jameis versus uh, New, New Orleans. Uh, he had... No touchdowns and only 184 yards. Uh, He is just not consistent. He can't take advantage at times. He's killing Evans in the process. Similar story with the Andre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, things like that. Four catches on eight targets for 42 yards this game. Uh, Now Evans is not a guy you're sitting, but I can't vouch for Winston or Braid or any other wide receiver, of course, at this point. Um, Doug Martin, 23 carries, 66 yards and a touchdown. Should be fine as a low end running back one. He had more carries than expected, and his health is good right now.
1: Yeah, I'm not quite as optimistic on Doug Martin just because I think Dallas is really going to dominate the time of possession here in this game. Um, I mean, he's still a high on RB2. He's getting a ton of touches, and he'll get those goal line plunges. But uh, again, I just don't think he's going to get quite as many carries here. Um, and then, yeah, you're certainly not benching Mike Evans. Um, Jameis Winston, he's been inconsistent the last few weeks, and we saw Dallas's defense really step up against the Giants here. Uh, that said, uh, I, I still like Jameis Winston as a high end QB too. Um, and then Cameron Brate is still interesting to me. He's still getting a lot of targets and he's still very involved in this passing game with so many of their wide receivers hurt. Uh, I think Brate is still in that high end tight end two range for me. Um, I would I wouldn't really worry about going back to him uh yeah i think this is gonna be a really good game uh, tampa bay is playing very well um they're struggling but uh they're coming up with these close wins and we've seen that dallas is is not invincible and i think this is gonna be a great sunday night game
0: yeah nobody's invincible uh sorry cowboys fans But you you can't win them all. Uh, Dak was due for a bad game at some point. He's been too good this year. 165 yards, one touchdown, two interception this game. He's a quarterback, two for me, versus Tampa Bay, who's better against the pass than credits being given to them. Uh, Zeke's a stud, of course. 24 carries, 107 yards, only 10 points, surprisingly, somehow. He's obviously a running back one again. I think it's safe to say that Dallas will lose any game where Terrence Williams is their top-scoring wide receiver, though. Uh, Cole Beasley, four catches for 41 yards, a low-end wide receiver, three, and a PPR. Bryant, a big problem here. One catch on nine targets for 10 yards. Uh, I underrated the Giants defense. That's apparent. Um, Dez will look to turn that around this week. He's a low end wide receiver one for me. To be honest, I, I really think to get away from fantasy for a second, I think this is this loss came at a good time for Dak and Dallas fans. You can't be unbeatable heading into the playoffs. You get complacent, the rest on their laurels. Uh, then you get knocked out in week two. So be happy the loss came now and they, they figured out something that they need to work on.
1: Yeah, I um, I 100% agree with that. I think that these losses really, not to be cliche, but they build character. They show a team, you know, you got to keep working hard. You got to, you know, overcome different things in different football games. And yeah, this is honestly good for them. And uh, I I just think it's hilarious how we already hear some serious takes about how Tony Romo should uh, come back and take over for Dak Prescott. Just because he had a couple of rough games against two of the best defenses in the league right now. Um, They struggle against Minnesota and and the Giants. Um, This is not exactly cakewalk matchups, but uh, Dak Prescott's still doing pretty well. He's still in that low-end QB1 range for me. Um, I think they're going to bounce back a little bit in this game. Uh, And, and, you know, as you mentioned, you're still starting Zeke, uh, still in RB1. Um, You're not complaining about over 100 rushing yards uh in a week where tons of people put up, you know, 2-3 points for you. Uh and then yeah, Des Bryant was really shocking. Janoris Jenkins is quietly playing at at a, you know, defensive MVP level right now. He is just dominating against stud wide receivers and really uh yeah, I I, I was shocked because Des Bryant did well against Xavier Rhodes in Minnesota only to get shut down by the New York giants. Um, but yeah, he's still back in that low end wide receiver one range. Go, you're going back to Des Bryant. He's going to be angry after this one, just like Seattle. He's going to be out for blood. Um, yeah, you're starting Des. come on.
0: Yeah. The, uh, and I'm sure you're, you're getting the, uh, the quarterback controversy from Chicago sports radio. Just imagine. I mean, the Dallas sports radio here is it's, it's, it's stupid talking about the quarterback controversy here. Like, and it's, uh, it's of course nonstop. But uh, yeah, like you said, does is going to be angry. Dallas is going to be angry. I think they, I think they take a win here at home.
1: Yeah, uh, I will take Dallas as well.
0: All right. Monday night football, Cameron Meredith. Nope, not Cameron Meredith. Cam Newton managed only an 11 point day versus San Diego and gets to see an equally unformidable defense minus pass rusher, Ryan Kerrigan. He was inches away from a rushing touchdown. As always, he's an upside quarterback to. Um, with, with, uh, <clears throat> upside for rushing touchdown and rushing yardage his passing game, but he can always save the day with his leg legs. Stewart went 24 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown, getting plenty of looks. He's a running back to Monday night. Olson almost lived up to his hype again. Four catches for 87 yards. Another week of mid-range, tight end one production. Mungu had a nice call last week, putting uh, Gin ahead of Kel- Kelvin Benjamin. Benjamin had one catch for 11 yards to, to Ginn's two catches for 21 yards. Avert your eyes from this disaster that this pass uh, core has become, and avert your mind to another wide receiver option if available. Uh, you don't want to be sitting there needing 10 points on Monday night to seal a victory and have to rely on Kelvin Benjamin to do it, do you?
1: Yeah, um, I, I will go back to that same argument. I will still take Ted Ginn over at Kelvin Benjamin again this this week. Uh, I still think Ginn has that upside. Um, I think Josh Norman, is while he's a very good cornerback, uh, he does get uppity. He thinks he's uh, a little bit better than he is. And if he's not careful, Ginn could blow right past him. Um, I, I think he's another wide, desperation wide receiver. Four only really needs that one big play to either have a 60-yard drop or a 60-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, Greg Olson, he's, he's alive again, uh, after weeks and <laughs> weeks of being terrible. Um, he's still in that, you know, low to mid range, tight end one. I, I don't know that this offense is fully clicking again, but, uh, you know, Washington does have its holes on defense. We saw Carson Wentz, uh, kind of do relatively well with, uh, Zach Ertz and Jordan Matthews over the middle. And, uh, that's where Greg Olson makes his money. Um, I think that, uh, Jer- Jeremy Stewart here, um, I, I I just still can't trust him. I, I think this Washington run defense is playing really well. He's just still a high-end flex play for me. And then, yeah, Cam Newton continues to show that. Jonathan Stewart? Oh, sorry, what did I say?
0: Okay, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't somebody that I wasn't. Okay, you said Jeremy.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart here. It's fine. Um, I,
0: was, I thought maybe he was a fullback or something.
1: <laughs> no, um, not quite. I, I think it's because mentally I comp Jeremy Stewart or Jonathan Stewart, excuse <laughs> me, to Jeremy Hill because neither of them are oh, okay. that great, but uh, they can plot in for touchdowns. Um, and yeah, I I think that Stewart is a high-end flex play here, and Cam Newton has shown that you know he's still struggling a lot. He's still just a high-end QB two. It's it's kind of sad how terrible some of these fantasy options have become.
0: Absolutely. Uh, on the other side of how good some of these options have become, Captain Kirk was good enough to win 230 yards, two touchdowns and interception with healthy receiving, receiving options in Philadelphia. I do not fear for his continued success here at home versus Carolina. He's a low-end quarterback one option for me this week, uh, an option that I'm actually going to take ahead of Drew Brees this week. Call me crazy. Pierre Garcons has been really clicking lately and is just edging out Crowder for the preferred wide receiver in Washington for me, uh, if that's a decision you end up needing to make for your team. His targets have been up. uh, Five catches on six targets for 59 yards and a touchdown here to J-Mo's two on five for 37. This is not reactionary purely. Ah, uh, Garcon has legitimately been on an upswing of a roller coaster of a career. Uh, he's been better than Jamison Crowder as of late as well. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, three of four for 102 and a touchdown. He always has a possibility for this sort of day. But there's other options that are good enough deep that I, on this team, that I still steer clear of him when I can. Uh, Jordan Reed should be in much better shape on Monday. Uh, look for him to play with a purpose. He's a tight end. One. The running backs didn't let you down. R. Kelly took his key, stuck it in the ignition. For 16 yards, 63 carries and a touchdown. And another two ca- uh, two catches on two targets for 25 in the air. Chris Thompson did score in a nice toss sweep where he scored, showed good lateral movement. Beat the defense for 25 yards. He only had two other carries. His usage should, should not scare Kelly owners. Uh, Kelly's high-end running back, too, on Monday night as well.
1: Yeah, we saw Melvin Gordon was, um, was running pretty well before he went down. Uh, I, I do like Robert Kelly as a RB2 here. Chris Thompson as a flex. Um, and then really with the wide receivers, I, I, I would go back to Jameson Crowder, but obviously you, you lower his floor a little bit. We've seen that he can um, get kind of game scripted out if, if the other wide receivers are getting open. And I, I think that they're all like flex plays, wide receiver threes. It's kind of, Kirk Cousins is playing good football, which means he's going to whichever guy is open um, and not forcing the ball to anyone. Uh, but that said, he did have a couple missed opportunities with Jameson Crowder. I, I think Crowder's still um, my preferred play of the three. But if you want upside, I do think Deshaun Jackson is the guy here. Uh, they're still hurting on that secondary, switching around those cornerbacks a lot. Um, they've been giving up some big plays, especially to Tyrell Williams and Don And in this past week. Uh, I, I like Deshaun Jackson again. I think he's got high upside in this matchup. Um, and. Yeah, ooh, it's tough, but I I think I'm actually gonna agree with you, um, and have Kirk Cousins over Drew Brees this
0: week. I like it. I'm I'm looking forward to being able to do it. Let's let's get there. Uh, give me Washington versus Carolina. I like that. I like that. Uh, I'll bring in some of the injuries just to review. Of course, we've talked about them already. Um, Aaron Rodgers with the calf, soft tissue, likely to play, but the mobility could hurt his production here. Um, He does have a history of, you know, sort of getting slow starts in cold weather with his legs. Uh, Matthew Stafford, of course, dislocated his finger, tore some ligaments. He's going to wear that glove, but his accuracy could suffer like Derek Carr, how how it happened similarly um, this past week. Um, Ryan Tannehill sprained it in uh, ACL MCL. Uh, he, he's definitely out this week. Matt Moore will be filling in for him if you're interested in that sort of thing. I know I'm not. Matt Forte hyperextended his knee. He's questionable. Uh, Take a look at Bilal Powell. If not owned, you should probably go ahead and grab him. He might be worth a a gander this week. Melvin Gordon, hip and knee sprain, questionable. Chargers are optimistic, but do monitor his practice performance. Uh, Zach Zenner is in the concussion protocol. Darren Sproles is also in the concussion protocol. Uh, Dwayne Washington and Ryan Matthews would be your benefactors there. Dante Moncrief had a hamstring strain. He is day-to-day, took him out of the last week's game. Um, I don't know how much you'd really want to rely on him this week regardless. And then, of course, Julio Jones, turf toe, he's questionable to play. And even if he's getting towards playing, even if they do suit him up, I question whether he's going to be in the game if they, if it's not going to be close. If I was the coach, I might sort of have him active and then use him only if, ex- if time entirely necessary and then vance mcdonald you can add him to the meat wagon uh, shoulder injury put him on the ir for the season
1: yeah really there are four priority waiver wire ads this week um, and it's really all due to running back injuries um this is why we handcuff this is why we say guys like alfred morris and derrick henry are so important over those wide receiver four wide receiver five upside plays um first off the list you got bilal powell we saw uh, you know, he's got high upside, uh, even though that was against San Francisco. Um, if he gets the majority of the touches, he can be a fantasy RB2. Um, he was last year down the stretch in PPR leagues. He won me a couple of leagues as my RB2. Uh, we've got Kenneth Farrow, who you were uh, had a great call on. Um, if Melvin Gordon can't go for whatever reason, Kenneth Farrow should also be an RB2 uh, just on pure volume. And then same with Ryan Matthews. He may have been dropped in a good amount of leagues uh, after a really being not good and then suffering that knee injury. But uh, if Darren Sproles is out with a concussion, Ryan Matthews could be that lead back and, uh, you know, really get a lot of opportunities here. And then finally, we've got Dwayne Washington. If Theo Riddick is out again and Zach Zenner can't go due to his concussion, then Dwayne Washington could potentially be a workhorse back. And, uh, you know, talent plus opportunity equals fantasy points.
0: That's right. Just to add, not to uh, keep adding addendums to this, uh, but for the, uh, for the Eagles team regarding Ryan Matthews, I just found out Wendell Smallwood has been sent to the IR with a sprained MCL ending his season that uh, that takes some of the the mud away from the, the uh, Philadelphia backfield situation. So now it's only Kenyon Barner and Ryan Matthews back there basically. And then one other thing, uh, just a little shout-out, just since you didn't mention him, Taylor Gabriel, if he's sitting there, in case Julio Jones doesn't play, Taylor Gabriel saved my butt in this one league uh, this week where I benched Brandon Marshall, slotted in Taylor Gabriel. If he's not owned, I think he's, I think he's a must-add at this point.
1: Yeah, I actually thought about uh, picking up Taylor Gabriel to block a team that I was facing who had Julio Jones. Um, I didn't get to him quick enough, and they started him against me um, so lesson learned, uh, should have dropped Devonte Booker for Taylor Gabriel, and I didn't. Uh, and you should not make the same mistake for your fantasy team.
0: That's right. Hopefully, hopefully you've listened. Hopefully our uh, our input hasn't stared you wrong. Hopefully you're heading into week two of the playoffs uh, when when the uh, conclusion of this Baltimore New England game happens. Hopefully you're still in it. Hopefully you're in the money. We play to win the game. That's what happens, baby.
1: Yeah, well, let's be honest here. Even if you did listen to us and, and made a couple good pickups or good starts, uh, it's still very possible that you lost last week. Um, yeah. Such is the nature of fantasy football. Um, there's there's really not a whole lot you can do about it. Uh, you know, we can analyze these games to death, but at the end of the day, you can't predict injuries. You can't predict some random big plays. Um, and you know, this is why this is why they play the games. And, this is uh, why it's so fun. Yeah. Uh, well, fun, fun if you have Le'Veon Bell. Not so fun for everyone else this week. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, as always, we we wish you the best of luck. Hopefully you are still alive in your playoffs. And uh, just one quick note, uh, if you did lose, uh, you know, I'm very angry about a couple of bad beats. Um, I'm very angry about a couple of teams really underperforming, but don't be that guy. Don't don't be dropping all your players uh, out of spite. Uh, there's, there's no room for that. Be a good sport. Um, And yeah, good luck. As always, if you have any additional questions for us, we are available via Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Meng. That's M-E-N-G
0: and i'm at ffa underscore low so you can reach super producer Tan, dan if you feel the urge at ffa underscore dan uh, make sure to also like us on facebook fantasy football addicts page and then subscribe to the podcast if you have not yet click the subscribe button in your purple podcasting app or in the itunes store we are also available on soundcloud and google play and just to mung's point there uh if you are out of it especially if you're in dynasty league and you do have uh, unlimited moves before the season ends now is the time to peruse the waiver Wire. make speculation make speculatory picks heading into next season add them to your roster um especially in these uh dynasty keeper teams where if you pick somebody up and then you keep them as a last rounder something like that never be you know always be looking to the future always be looking to improve your team that's what we're about here
1: yeah actually you know that's a good point uh, i hadn't really thought about that uh, and just off the top of my head for for those who are in keeper or dynasty leagues um if you're in a shallow roster dynasty league, or if you're in a keeper league where you only keep a few guys, it's very possible that guys like Adrian Peterson and CJ Anderson out there at running back. Um, and then at wide receiver, you got Keenan Allen and Kevin White. So just a couple names to think about. Yep. All right. Well, again, best of luck. Hopefully you survived this bloody, bloody week 14 in which uh, no one really did well. And uh, best of luck to you next week. As always, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it.